get ready, can you believe it, as we get ready to close the chapter on 2021, we get ready to open the chapter on 2022, I want to just take some time this evening to look ahead what I believe God is maybe calling our church to, directing our church to here as we, as we move forward into this, into this new year. And it's this time of year, every year, that we take time out at the beginning of every year for 21 days, 10 days we've done, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're, we're going to be continuing in this tradition, and we're going to be having 21 days of what we're going to call seeking and sacrifice. And I want to kind of talk to you about that tonight. And it's a time for us to just take the first part of the new year to just settle in, to seek God through prayer and through fasting or sacrifice, to just get a hold of God's plan, His purpose, His vision for our families, for our life, for our businesses, for, uh, for, for our church, for our community, and for the new year. And so in praying over this and just seeking direction for the church and seeking direction for our congregation. I really believe that God has given me some inspiration this year. And and as I like to do just in our own personal lives and personally for the church, I've just kind of settled in on what I feel the Lord is kind of directing me to, and just a word to kind of in, just encompass, encapsulate what I believe God is directing our church to in this new year. And I want to just give you that word tonight, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. And the word this year is further is further. Because I really believe that in 2022, I really believe that God's purpose, God's plan, God's will for Connection Point Church is to take us further. Amen. To take us deeper, to take us further. And so I want to just take a look at this this evening. I want to talk about our vision tonight. Tonight is going to be what we're going to just refer to as a vision service I think I'm going to carry this over. I know I'm going to carry this over into Sunday. It's something that we've done in years past, but I want to just make this a staple of every year as we close out one year and move into the new year, just to take a look at the vision of Connection Point Church, to just revisit what our mission is, what our values are, and just to, to explore what God's fresh vision is for our church, for our families, for our personal lives. And I want to direct your attention here to a portion of Scripture, a couple portions of Scripture. I'm not going to do a Bible lesson on this, but I want to just take a look at this as our inspiration for the year. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, and then we're going to take a look here also in Proverbs 29, but Ezekiel 47, can you believe that we're already getting ready to enter into 2022? Amen. I, I thought by now we'd have flying cars and hoverboards. Amen. We are we are closer to the year 2050 right now than 1980. Is that right? Can you believe that? Is that is that shocking to you? Check my math on that. I think I'm right. But that just doesn't sound right. Is that right? Am I right there? That's amazing. And so here we go. And so I want to give you some fresh vision. I believe that God is the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. He's the same God that he was in 1980. He's the same God today in 2021, almost 22. And he's the same God that is going to meet us in the future. But I believe that God has some fresh vision 
and direction and purpose for our lives and for our church here moving forward into this new year. And I want to just take your attention here for just a few minutes here in the book of Ezekiel 47, beginning in verse 1. And I want to show you a portion of scripture here. This is the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel was living in a time when the nation of Israel was in another just just dismay and destruction. The, 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 the nation politically socially, culturally was in a very steep downward spiral. They were they had once been a nation that thrived under the blessings of God. They were serving God and putting God first in their worship and in their life and and God blessed their nation, their economy, their their their, their livelihood, but because they began to get away from worshiping God, putting God first in life, that the nation began to decline and to deteriorate their culture, their political system, their their worship, and they began to worship other gods, and they allowed idols, and they allowed immorality and injustice and corruption to creep into their culture. And now Ezekiel is preaching and he's prophesying in this context to this nation, but God gives him a vision for healing, for growth, and for fruitfulness here in the book of Ezekiel chapter 47 in the context of the of the political, social, just upheaval, God gives Ezekiel and the nation of Israel a vision for growth, for health, and for, and for blessing. And we find it here in Ezekiel 47. It says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, or the house. How many know that in, in the New Testament that we don't have a temple that we go to? Of course, we have a church, but Jesus says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so in this Old Testament vision, he sees the temple, that Old Testament building where they would come and gather to worship, to make sacrifice, to prayer. And he says, at this temple, behold, there was water issuing from behold, below the threshold of the temple. He said he saw the temple, he saw the church, and underneath the church there was there was coming from the church or the temple, he said, water that was flowing. It was a threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple. For he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out of the south side. He saw just coming out of the temple, there was a trickle of water, just a little bit of water, a little stream. And he says, I want you to go a little further. Everyone say further. And going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits. And he led me through the water, and it was now not just a trickle, but as I went a little further, he said, now the water was ankle deep. But that wasn't all that Ezekiel saw. God had more for him. And again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water. And it was now not a trickle, was not just ankle deep, but now the further that Ezekiel went in this stream of water, this river that was flowing from the house of God, now it was knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand more cubits and led me through the water, and now that water that started as just a trickle that became deep to the ankle and to my knees, now as he's going further, the water is getting deeper to the waist. Verse 5, he goes on and he says this, and again, the, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. The water was deeper. 
It was deep enough to swim in, and it was a river that could not be passed through. It was, it had overcome him, and it was deeper than he could stand in. It was more than he was in control of. It was a water that was flowing. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. And as I went back, I saw on the bank of the river there were many trees on the one side and on the other. And he says, he says to me, this water flows toward the eastern regions and goes down into Arabia and enters into the sea. And when the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And he says, wherever the water goes, every living creature swarms will live. There's life in the water. There's fish in the water. Wherever it goes to the sea, the water becomes fresh. And so everything will live where the water goes. It talks about that the water flows and where it flows that there is life. He talks about that wherever the water flows that there is healing. He goes on and he says that wherever the water flows that there's growth. And wherever the water flows that there's blessing. I want to tell you tonight that God is... I believe directing our church, inspiring our church to go further in the will, the plan, and the purposes of God. I believe that God in 2022 and beyond has a deeper purpose, a greater purpose, a greater plan. And it's God's will for this church not to stay stagnant, not to stay where we have been, not to just just get content in the ankle deep or the knee deep or the waist deep. But God is calling our congregation, calling our families calling us as individuals, as mothers, as fathers, to go further in God. Amen. Further in our worship, further in our prayer, further in our commitment, further in our sacrifice, that God is calling us to go further. All right? And so that's going to be our vision. We're going to talk a little bit about that. One more portion of Scripture, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there's no prophetic vision. The people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one keeps the law, that God gives vision in order for us to, 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 to find purpose and alignment for our life. Amen. Amen. And so as we enter into this time of prayer and fasting, seeking and sacrifice, I want to just talk about going further in the Lord. I want to cast some vision for us tonight. I want to talk about the vision of the church, and then I want to kind of just begin to cast some vision for our own personal lives as individuals as we go into this new year. But I want to just start by just casting a little bit of vision for Connection Point Church. I want to just talk for a little bit about our mission, about our about our values, and ultimately about our vision, all right? And so we're going to talk about what I believe God is calling us to. I believe that Connection Point Church, I believe we're, we're entering a shift. I believe that we're entering a, a new place. I believe that God's taking us to a place that is further than we've ever been. God's taking us to a place that we've never been as long as I've been here. I believe God is taking us to a place where we're going to see God do things that we've never seen him do. Amen. We're going to see him do things that 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 that, that we've prayed about and we've we've talked about and we've thought about, but now we're actually going to start seeing it come into fruition. I believe that God has a plan for Connection Point Church, all right? And in part of that plan, we have to maintain the mission of our church, all right? Put that slide up if you don't mind. I want to just remind you, I want to just share with you, I want to just just reconnect with you in this new year as we talk about our vision. It's important we look at the vision that we are reminded of, the mission and the values of our church. I want to just let you know today that the mission of Connection Point Church is still to connect people. We exist to connect people to Jesus 
and to each other. That Connection Point Church, ultimately our purpose, our, our, our desire, our mission, the reason we get up, the reason we show up, the reason we give and we sacrifice is that because we have a mission to connect people to Jesus Christ, to his gospel, to his life-changing power, to the power of his word, to the power of his spirit. And in connecting people to Jesus, that we would create a community in which we can connect people to each other. That we are building a community of committed disciples within the community that God has called us to. That I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for this church and this community, and that is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, connect them to the life-changing power of the Lord, and thus connecting them to one another. Amen. And so our mission as a church is to connect people to Jesus and to connect people to each other. All right. Now, in order for us to have that mission, to uphold that mission, there's some very important things that we've got to keep as the core or our values. We have a saying around here. It's a little phrase, and it's more than just kind of a just a catchy little phrase, but it's a little, it's a little uh, three words to belong, to believe, and to become. And that's more than just something that, you know, we just put on our signs and on our website. But, but this is truly, these, these three words encompass what I believe are the core values of our church. That Connection Point Church, as we are striving to connect people to Jesus and connect people to each other, that, that our core values that are going to guide us and empower us and support us to do so, that, 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 that we have to be a church where people can belong. We have to be a church where people can believe. And that we have to be a church where people can become. That, that people can know that as they walk through the doors of Connection Point Church, that they can belong here. Amen. The very first value that I believe that we have to just continue to uphold as a culture of, a, of this church is that this is a church where people can belong, that, 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 that we have to be a place where people can come and feel that they're, that they're welcomed here, that, that they feel that the, a culture of our church is friendly, that it's inviting, that it's welcoming, that they can come here no matter what they've been through, no matter where they've been, that they can walk into this door, be greeted with a warm smile to know that we are a church that loves them, that is welcoming them, that is inviting them. It doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter what's going going on in their life, that we are a church where they can belong. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you today that, that we have got to maintain a culture of belonging. Just keep that up there. We have to be a culture that, 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 that just absolutely, we have to have a church culture where people can feel welcome, that people feel that they can belong. Amen. I want to tell you here today that, that you know, we don't have the most uh, state-of-the-art building. We don't have some of the uh, most developed ministries in the world. But I want to tell you today that what we do have and what we have to fight to maintain is a culture of belonging. One thing I've learned in leadership, just let me just share my heart here tonight, is that as much as we can cast vision, that unless the culture coincides with the vision, the culture is always going to prevail. What do I mean by that? That I can, we can cast vision to be a church that wants to grow, a church that wants to reach people, a church that wants to connect people to Jesus. But unless we have a culture that supports that, that we're never going to fulfill our vision. 
Because if we have a vision to connect people to Jesus, but we have a culture in our church that is cold and unfriendly and unwelcoming, and, and it's not a place where people can come, it's a place that's maybe toxic or discouraging, it doesn't matter what the vision is, that our culture is always going to hinder the vision. But I believe that one thing that we do have is a culture that people can feel as though they're connected, that they're welcome, that they're loved, that, that, that people are going to be greeted with a friendly smile, with a, with a warm handshake, that we have to fight to maintain a culture where people can belong. Amen? It's not just the pastor's job to, to, to welcome people to church. It's not just Jim and Tammy Lindgren's job to welcome people to church when they see a new visitor. It's not just... Lane and Lily's job to connect people to church or Jason and Sean. It's everyone's responsibility. We have to take ownership to fight for the culture to have a welcoming, loving, and inviting church. Amen? That when we see people walk through the door, that it is our responsibility to go greet them, to talk to them, to get to know them, that more than just even just making them feel invited to the church, we want them to feel invited into our life, invited into, into, our, into our community. And so we have to fight to maintain that. You, you read church growth statistics and research, and they say that people will decide if they're going to come back to your church within the first five minutes of a visit. And the biggest thing that goes towards that is a church where people are engaging them, finding interest in them, getting to know them, inviting them to spend time with them outside of the church, that we have to make personal connections with people as they come and visit our church. I, I was going to play that video that we, that we put together earlier in the year. We, we had a little bit, our internet is just so slow here. Just pray that God would send us just reliable internet speeds because it's really just ridiculous. But if we recall that video, I don't think we'll be able to get it. If you recall that video, let's try it. Let's see if Maybe less than that. Yeah, we're not going to get it. It's all right. You can get on our Facebook page and check it out or on our website. But one thing, as, as we put this video together about what God was just doing in our community and some of the new faces that were coming in, the one thing that was just stood out to me is that there was this reoccurring just idea that, that this was a welcoming church. We, we've got to maintain that. That's a core value of this church. Amen. So this has to be a church where people can feel that they belong. The next statement that just encompasses some of our core values, and, and we're going somewhere, just hang with me, is that this is a church where people believe. That we are a church that is focused on intentional discipleship. That people can come here and that they can learn the Bible and that they can grow in their faith. And, and, and that word, G-R-P-W-T-H, that means growth. All right? That's a Greek word for growth. It's biblical. You guys don't know about that, all right? It just takes, takes formal training to get to that level of spelling. This is a church focused on personal growth and discipleship. Everyone say discipleship. That more than just coming in and getting people to feel connected to the congregation, we're not just a, a social club. We're not just, uh, you know, a place to come and hang out. That's a great thing. I thank God for that. But this is a place where people's lives need to be transformed through the power of the gospel, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
that just because we're a friendly church, we're a welcoming church, we're an inviting church, we're, we're, we're a humble church, we're a warm church, that we're also a church that is intentional and focused on personal discipleship, that we have strong convictions, that we have strong beliefs, that we believe in the Word of God, that we believe in the Apostles' doctrine, that we believe and stand upon God's truth. I want to tell you more and more, as this culture slips further and further into corruption, into just decadence, and just injustice, and just all sorts of problems in the world, you could list them out, just perversions and darkness, my goodness, that we are a church that is going to just keep on standing on the Word of God. Amen. I make no apologies. We should make no apologies about being a Bible-focused church, about being an apostolic church, about being a church that stands strong on the Word of God. Amen. We don't have to compromise our convictions to be friendly. We don't have to compromise our convictions to be welcoming. We don't have to compromise our convictions in the Word of God. Amen. To grow. I believe that with all of my heart, that we are a church that stands on as intentional about getting people to grow in their understanding of the Word of God and in their personal faith. Amen? The way we approach that is through our midweek Bible study, through our Sunday morning service, through our midweek Bible study, that I tell you that I'm going to be pushing harder than ever to get people to attend not just Sunday mornings but our midweek Bible study. It's one thing for us to be in church on Sunday mornings. That's good because... Sunday morning is when I preach. It's where we get inspired. There's faith. There's motivation. There's encouragement. But midweek Bible study, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, is where we learn. It's where we grow. It's where we study the Word of God. How can we truly understand what our, what our beliefs are, what our convictions are, what the Bible teaches, what, what the doctrine is? How can we understand these things unless we are committed to, to, to being in church? And furthermore, that discipleship, I know it can't just stop at midweek Bible study. That there has to it has to go further, and so we have spring and we have fall small groups. And I thank God for that. We did Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University in the spring, and that was a blessing to the church. And 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 we did Marriage on the Rock in the in the fall, and we're going to continue in that pattern. I, I think that there was a great success in offering this to the community, making it as easy as possible to be a part of our spring and small fall groups. We're going to invite them here into the church. We're going to do them here at the building. We're going to make it as easy and accessible for anyone and everyone to come and be a part of it. I think for the spring, I'm pretty sure that uh, that we're going to do a, a, a small group lesson series on the book by John Bevere um, about not being offended. And so um, it's called the, there's a book called The Bait of Satan. It's one of the most helpful Christian books you'll ever read. And it's all about how to overcome offense, emotional offense, spiritual offense. And it's, it's, it's just an absolute just game changer. And we're going to do that. And we're going to continue to do our spring and our fall small groups. Furthermore, we've got away from it because of COVID, but we're going to, we're going to get back into summer home groups or summer, what we call free market groups. And so we're going to be making an appeal for people to lead groups in their home, to lead groups around common interests, whether it's hunting or fishing or hiking or canoeing, that we're going to be getting together during the summer. Sometimes we experience a bit of a lull as people are going on vacations and going out, but we have to maintain a focus on intentional discipleship and we're going to continue that. Not only that, but beginning immediately after our Romans series, we're going to start something called Next Steps. 
And this is going to be an opportunity for us. We're going to do it on Wednesday nights at first after our Roman series where anyone that is new to the church over the past six months is going to come in. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a meal, and we're going to just talk about the church. We're going to talk about God's plan for Connection Point Church, God's plan for the individuals, for you as an individual, and we're going to help find the ways that God wants you as an individual to plug into your purpose and your mission here in the kingdom of God. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every individual. And I believe that God's purpose and plan begins with service here in the local church. I believe that. And we need you to be plugged in. God wants you to be plugged in. And you'll never fully experience and reach the potential of your purpose until you are serving faithfully in the kingdom of God. In addition to that, we're going to be doing something called elements class. And this is going to be training for individuals to, to do Bible studies and, and, and personal Bible studies. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a series that we're going to be teaching, and uh, we're going to be taking a couple couples at a time, and we're going to be going through a curriculum to help get people to a place where they are prepared to do personal Bible studies. Because I want to tell you, the way that we are going to grow a church is through intentional discipleship. We're doing the elements class starting here in the next month, and we're going to start next steps here in the spring. And I'm excited about it, but the the bottom line is, is that we have to maintain a culture of intentional discipleship. Amen? If we're going to grow our church, if we're going to grow our people, if we're going to be, if we're going to build a community of committed disciples, not only do we have to be a welcoming church, a loving church, a, a, a hospitable church, but we have to be a church that is intentional about discipleship. Amen? And finally become. That we are a church that <clears throat> I believe more than ever has to be become increasingly more team-focused, all right? Now, I feel this just in my own personal just devotion and just as the pastor of this church that for too long we've just kind of been just, just you know, Lone Ranger-oriented in leadership, amen? And, you know, I, I, I sometimes, I, if I'm honest, I, I think you know this, struggle with delegation. I just rather just sometimes do it myself. It's easier. But more and more, I want to tell you, I just realize the importance that this church is going to grow. And I've always known this, but we have to more than ever be intentional about is about becoming a team focused church. I believe God's focus for me going into this new year is to raise up leaders and to develop teams. Amen. That we have to raise up leaders and that we have to develop teams, that we have to have people who are committed and dedicated to leading ministries, to leading areas of service in this church, people that are going to be able to raise up other leaders and other volunteers to, to commit to serving in the church, serving in the kingdom. That, you know, as we want to become a, a welcoming, inviting church, not only is that something that is, you know, in the DNA of our culture, but we have to, we have to put that to some structure and to a plan and to a strategy. We need to develop a first impressions team. We've kind of done it on and off over the years, but we need to have a dedicated leader that is overseeing a team of people that are greeting and welcoming our guests, following up with them, that it's a, it's a concerted effort. It's a focused and strategic effort. And so we're going to be making an appeal for 
people to lead our first impression team, greeters and welcomers and, 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 and on certain days, parking lot attendants. We're going to begin moving towards more of a rotation in our media and in our sound that I thank God for Dan and I thank God for Jim, but there's people coming into the church with gifts and talents that we need to plug them in. It's a great opportunity to get people on a rotation, to get people involved, that, that we need to, we, we, I tell you, one area that we need perhaps more than anything is in Sunday school and in kids' church. And this is an area that church growth experts say that, that a healthy metric is about 20% of a Sunday morning congregation is involved in their children's ministry. We're nowhere near that. And so we've got we've to strive for that. And we're going to be making some push here as we restructure some things to get more involvement in our Sunday school and in our kids' church. We're going to need small group leaders, as I mentioned in the summer, to lead summer small groups and home groups. We need help on the cleaning team. We're going to need help on the serve team. We're going to need help in our maintenance and, and overseeing things like baptism. And so what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be making a shift towards delegation of leaders and development of teams. I really am not just blowing smoke here. This has to be the focus for us to grow and to, and to go further in what I believe God wants us to do moving into this new year, into a new season. If we want to go further, if we want to go deeper, amen, if we want to build a community of dedicated believers in the community that God has called us to, we have to be a church where people can become. Now, this word become is, just represents the fact that God has called us to more than just going to church, showing up, showing up, just checking in, checking out, going through the motions, just coming and leaving. No, God has called us to become a, a servant in the kingdom of God, that, that we connect to the church, we belong to the church, we, we, we get involved in discipleship, we, we believe, we, we adopt the faith, we believe, we buy in, and then there has to be more than just a head knowledge, there has to be a transformation that we have to become, we have to, we have to, uh, we have to fall in line with the mission and the purpose and the plan that God has for the kingdom, that, that we are a church that believes strongly in becoming a part of God's purpose and role in the kingdom of God, amen? So those are our values. Those are our cultures. Are you, are you with me here today? So that brings us to our vision, all right? That brings us to our vision. I really believe through prayer, I believe God is calling us to go further. That as you as an individual, all right, that God is calling you as an individual, as a mother, as a father, to go further in the Lord, further in your commitment further in your growth, further in your prayer life, further in your worship experience, further in your experience with God, and further in your service in the kingdom of God, that God does not desire for you to be stagnant, stale, or to stay in one place, that God is moving forward in our congregation in 2022, and that God is calling us to go further. Amen? Amen. It was this vision that Ezekiel had that God showed him that there was a river of water flowing out of the temple of God, that out of the house of God there was a river flowing, and that God called this man, Ezekiel, to go and to enter into the river. And it was in that river that at first it was just a trickle, that his experience in the river was just, was just a shallow experience. But God soon began speaking to this man to, to go a little bit further, and he realized that as he was going further in God's plan and God's purpose that the water was becoming deeper. 
And pretty soon that trickle became an ankle-deep river, a stream. And as he began to go further in the Lord and further in God's plan, that that trickle to the, to the ankle eventually reached his knees and a little further it was to his waist and ultimately became a river that completely encompassed him. That I believe what God is telling us is that in this new year that God desires us to go further in him, further in his spirit, further in worship, further in prayer, further in commitment so that we're not just at a shallow experience in God, but God is calling us to a deeper place. Connection Point Church, I really believe that God is getting ready to take us into a place that we've never been. I just want to share with you, I've been in prayer over the last couple of months of where God would have us to go into the new year. And I was praying for direction. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I was praying and I really began to feel that God was speaking to me specifically about just having outside ministry speak into this church. And I began to feel God calling me to, or, or just kind of laying on my heart five-fold ministry. And I'm going to be teaching on that when we get to Romans 12. But, but that, that God is calling us to, to, to have outside ministry speak into this church. And I began praying specifically. I just began feeling God speak to me about the ministry of an evangelist, the, the, the ministry of an evangelist, not just kind of a itinerant speaker that's local that kind of fills in for me, but there is within the church, there is a position, there is a, a ministry of an evangelist. And, and I believe as I began praying, and we've had, we've had evangelists come, you know, once or twice a year, but I began God giving me a focus, God giving me just a a focus to bring in outside ministry to speak into this church. And as I began feeling this impression on my heart, that I began thinking, you know, I'm going to have a couple extra evangelists come in, people who are called full-time evangelists who come specifically to preach, to energize, to evangelize a congregation, and, and to lead churches into revival. And, and I began praying about that. And more and more I began feeling God speak to me specifically about just having uh, a specific number of evangelists come in to this year. And I began reaching out and praying. And I'll make a long story short, I really believe that God has given us five names that we're bringing in, that we've already committed to bringing in in the coming year, that we are going to pray over as a congregation, that I believe that God is calling uh, these evangelists to speak into our congregation, to lead us to go further into the new year. As as, as we've got dates planned, we're going to be bringing in these, these guest evangelists, and we're going to be focusing around those that time that they're here we're going to be having dedicated prayer meetings we're going to be we're going to be looking forward to seeing what God wants to do because I truly believe that over the next year that God is taking us further in 2022 that as a congregation that we are going to see a deeper move of God than we've ever seen we're going to see more commitment in the lives of our members than we've ever seen we're going to see numerical growth unlike we've ever seen I believe that we're going to see people experience God in a way in worship and in prayer and in commitment more than we've ever seen as we continue to go further in God. So where does that come down to you, all right? Here's the final piece that I want to just share with you today. Hang on. I'm almost done. Now, as we enter into 2022, our vision of prayer, seeking, and sacrifice comes down to us as individuals making time and taking time to go further in God. Amen? And so we're going to do this here in this this this. The coming weeks, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna set aside 21 days of prayer and fasting, seeking and sacrifice to to get a hold of God in a deeper way. We're gonna go further with God than we've ever been. What does this mean, this time of 21 days of seeking and sacrifice? That beginning on January 1st, I am 
I am appealing to you, I am calling to you as a church to make time and to take time to seek God in a dedicated way. That you need to be intentional as we begin this new year about your personal devotion with the Lord. That, that over the next 21 days, beginning on January 1st all the way through, uh, through the 21st, that we are going to be making time, taking time to focus on our own personal walk with God. Here's what this is going to look like. If you can put that next slide up. Your plan for 21 days, and I'm going to talk about this for just a minute, is I want you to choose a way that you want to fast, and we're going to talk about what that means. That you need to choose a fast, not for 21 days, but for seven days in this 21-day period, that you are going to find a way to fast unto the Lord. Fasting is simply a way to break away from the things of this world and to connect to God. And we're going to talk about what kind of fasts there are and how, what kind of fasts to choose. Furthermore, I want you to find a comfort that you can remove from your life to, as a, to, to, to set aside the distractions and the weights and the sin that does so, so easily entangle us so that we can further commit to, to seeking out the Lord. Furthermore, we're going to find a, a daily time for prayer, that we're going to just pick a time, pick a place, and pick a pattern for us to, to, to pray. We're going to get back to praying like we know we should. We're going to get back to our morning devotion or our evening devotion like we know we should, and we are going to find a Bible reading plan to, to take us off into the new year. And so the first step is to choose a fast, all right? Now, I want to just talk to you for just a minute. I'm not going to go in length about fasting, but fasting is a way that we disconnect from the desires of the flesh so that we can better connect to God. Simply fasting simply means to abstain from food. It just simply means to abstain from eating for a temporary time. Now, fasting is not the same as consecration. It's not the same as abstaining from a, uh, a comfort. Fasting is when we actually skip a meal so that we can dedicate that time to seeking God through prayer or through Bible reading. All right, a fast can be a meal, it can be certain foods, it can be, uh, it can be a, a certain time, but it's a time for us to break away from the table so that we can draw closer to God. Fasting is found all throughout the Word of God. There are three basic types of fasts, all right? The, the first one is called what we'll call a complete fast, where we just, we literally just, we don't eat anything, whether it's a, it's a meal or whether it's a day or two meals, we just take time that we are going to, for the purpose of drawing closer to God, that we are going to disconnect from, from a meal or for, from food. It's, it's called a complete fast. And, and, and we can do it for one meal, two meals, three meals, a day. Um, but we're taking time to skip a meal so that we can draw closer to God. The, another type of fast is called a selective fast, or what's been commonly referred to as a Daniel's fast. Daniel's fast is simply a way for us to, uh, to fast certain types of foods. In the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 10, the Bible says that Daniel sought the Lord for 21 days and he abstained from certain meats and breads and dainty foods. That, in other words, that Daniel didn't skip food entirely. He didn't cut out food entirely, but he cut out certain types of food, uh, desirable foods, appealing foods. He, he didn't eat certain meats. He didn't eat certain pastries. He, he ate what was called, the Bible referred to as pulse or vegetables. That, 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 that in other words, he, he, he didn't abstain from food completely, but he abstained from certain types of foods. And for 21 days, Daniel abstained from certain types of foods, and God gave Daniel a great revelation. God moved in Daniel's life in an amazing way. A powerful way. God answered Daniel's prayer. In fact, the Bible says that Daniel began seeking God for revelation 
or for clarity in a certain matter. And, and at the end of that 21 days, God sent an angel to Daniel. And Daniel, the angel said to Daniel that from the first day you started praying, that God sent me to answer your prayer, this angel. He sent this angel to answer Daniel's prayer on the first day that he began praying and fasting. But he said, as I was coming to, to answer your prayer, to give you the answer you were looking for, in Daniel chapter 10, the Bible says that this angel said he was met by resistance by what the scripture refers to as the prince of the power of the air. In other words, it was spiritual forces, evil forces, that, that, that had prevented Daniel's prayer from being answered. That in other words, it's possible for you to pray, pray for God to send the answer to prayer, but because of certain just things in our life, contamination, just clutter, distractions, spiritual context, or just spiritual things in our life that would distort or distract us from hearing and receiving the answer to prayer, that it would be possible for the prayer that God sent to our life not to be received or to arrive in our life the way God intends because there are certain spiritual things in our life that are preventing God from answering that prayer. But he said on the 21 days, that angel finally broke through and said to Daniel, because you prayed and you fasted, I was able to overcome that spiritual prince of the power of the air, and I was able to arrive and provide the answer that you've been looking for, that there is power not only in prayer but combined with fasting. That When we separate ourselves from food or for certain comforts long enough to connect to God, to get our focus back, to get our passion back, to get the distractions out of our life that prevent us from really thinking about God and serving God, that we will see God move in a powerful way. That's called a selective fast, and there's also a partial fast where you just you will fast certain things, certain, certain, uh, certain uh, just uh, areas of your life you're going to fast. All right? I want to just suggest something here today, that as we begin seeking God through personal devotion, prayer, Bible reading, commitment, I want you to set aside seven days where you are going to choose a fast to, to, to commit to. You can do it any time during this 21 days, but I'm going to just suggest from the 14th to the 21st that as you're building your prayer, as you're building your daily prayer, your daily reading, Bible reading, that you are looking forward to a time where you're going to skip a meal every day or skip a certain food or skip certain types of foods or perhaps you're going to fast a day and a meal the next day and then another day, however you want to do it that you're going to find time through prayer and fasting. I want to tell you that fasting is all throughout the Word of God, that, that people fasted and saw God move in a special way, that Moses fasted and God gave him revelation for the Ten Commandments, that David fasted as an act of intercession for the illness of a child. Elijah fasted and God delivered him out of deep emotional depression and gave him a, a, a power to overcome his enemy, the Ezra fasted, and God sent a national revival of passion and obedience to the word of God. Esther fasted for three days, and out of an act of desperation, and God defeated the plans of the enemy and spared the people from annihilation. King Darius fasted for the safety of Daniel. Daniel fasted, and God gave him divine understanding and, and spiritual breakthrough. And Paul fasted, and God called him to the mission field. And I want to tell you that if you will pray and you will fast, God will meet your need, God will answer your prayer, and God will move in a way that maybe you've never seen him move, that there is power in prayer and fasting. And so step one is you've got to choose a fast. Step two, I want you to remove a comfort. <clears throat> Social media, entertainment, Amazon, 
Whatever it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to, I'm just, as a pastor, I'm suggesting to you that in order to just, just get rid of the clutter in your life, the distractions in your life, maybe we need to turn off Fox News or CNN or whatever it is and just be able to focus on God, all right? I'm getting rid of social media for 21 days. Now, some of you that handle our social media accounts, uh, Lane and Lily, you might not want to do that. And we think, I, I just want to just publicly say how much we appreciate Lane and Lily and just they've been stepping up and they've taken op- over our, our email newsletter. And if you haven't signed up for our email newsletter, get on the website in the bottom part of the opening page. You can sign up for the newsletter. And, uh, and they've been doing our social media, so I want to say thank you to them for that. Amen. But whether it's social media, entertainment, or buying, whatever it is for you, you know where it is. God's probably already been convicting you about it. But you're gonna, there's, there's going to be a comfort that you're going to remove for the purpose of godliness, for the purpose of drawing closer to God. All right? We want to we start that for 21 days. It doesn't necessarily have to be something sinful or evil. Amen? But just something that you know is a distraction. If you just sit on your bed and read Twitter for three hours a night instead of reading your Bible, that might be a good thing to get rid of. Whatever it is. All right? Number three. I'm almost done. It's plan a daily time for prayer. All right? Now, you've heard me teach on this. This is just a time. This is not something to pressure you or to feel anxious. This is just a time to get back to your personal devotion. As we begin the new year, we're going to begin by just starting out on the right track spiritually. We're going to have a specific time to pray. If you know you've got to leave the house at 7 a.m. and you're used to getting up at 6.30 and you know that if I can get ready by 6.30, if I get up at 6.30, I'm, I'm ready to... I can get dressed and get a shower and get something to eat and coffee, and I'm out the door by 7, but I don't have any time for prayer. What I'm saying is you need to set your alarm clock earlier to have a specific time for prayer every day. You need to just make this a staple of your life, that you need to make a date with the Lord. You need to make a time to meet with God. We honor God and we honor people in a lot of ways. We, you know, for work, I have early morning appointments, and I'll get up early to make sure I'm not late to that appointment. But what about honoring God the same way we honor our business appointments or honor our, our work schedule or, or honor personal in- engagements or commitments we make? We need to honor God by having a specific time for prayer. Furthermore, we need to have a specific place. Jesus said that he went away to a place. The Bible says that when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door, that there needs to be a specific place where you can get away from the distractions and find time to talk to the Lord. And furthermore, you need to have a specific plan. There needs to be just kind of a plan to your prayer life. You need to just have some people you're praying for, have some things you're praying about, that that, that you need to have a plan for prayer. And furthermore, finally, fourthly, you need to pick a Bible reading plan, all right? Pick a Bible reading plan. This is how we're going to go further in the Lord in 2022. That we're going to pray, we're going to fast, and we're going to get our Bibles out, and we're going to get into the Word of the Lord. All right? <clears throat> Number one, if you don't have a Bible, I'm giving you permission right now to go get a Bible. Get yourself a nice Bible, all right? All right? You can use version, but it's good to have, you need to have a Bible. All right? Furthermore, we need to start bringing our Bibles to church, all right? So have a Bible. Get a Bible. Mark in your Bible. Write in your Bible. Make notes in your Bible. Highlight your Bible. All right? If you don't have a reading plan right now and you're just kind of like, you know, every once in a while when, you know, you just get curious, you just pick the Bible up, dust, you know, blow the dust off and just kind of open it and pick a place, you know, if that's kind of how your practices of reading the Bible, I want to ask you to have an intentional plan that every day you need to have a, a, a time and a place to read the Word of God.
You can start by doing something that I've done for years. Just pick one proverb a day. Start there. That there, there, are, there is a proverb for every day of the month. That whatever the corresponding day is. Today's December 29th. Read Proverbs 29. You're going to have about 20 to 30 verses. Whatever it is. It's going to be daily wisdom. It's going to be King Solomon writing about how to live a wise life. You're going to learn about how to be honest and how to have integrity and how to have right, be righteous and how to live uh, just a, a godly moral life. It's just good practical wisdom for everyday life, and it's going to help you that day. It's going to help you practically. It's a very practical book, and it's easy to read. It's easy to consume. You can start by just reading one proverb a day. Start there. Add to that. Pick a book of the Bible. If you're interested in a book of the Bible, pick a book of the New Testament. Read one of the, the Gospels. Say, I'm going I'm I'm to start reading the book of Matthew and start read one proverb a day and then start in Matthew chapter 1 and read through the book of Matthew, however many days it takes you. Just pick one book of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John is a good place to start. The book of Acts is a good place to start. Maybe you're interested in the book of Revelation. I don't know if you want to do that, but that's an interesting place to start. Just pick a book of the Bible and start reading through it. Or you can find a one-year reading plan. There are reading plans online. There's one on U, U, uh, uh, what's that app? Uversion? Uversion. It's a great Bible app. You can find a one-year Bible plan. You can find Bibles with one-year reading plans. Or you can commit to finishing the entire New Testament. Just say, this year I'm going to read the entire New Testament. I'm going to start in Matthew and I'm going to end in Revelation. Every day I'm going to get up. I'm going to read one proverb for the day. And I'm going to pick a book of the Bible. Or I'm going to start in the beginning of the New Testament. I'm going to finish finish the whole New Testament, and then I'm going to start over again. Amen. And if you'll do that, I want to tell you, you are going to, you're going to go further in God than you've ever been. And as you go further, you're going to find that you're, going to, you're getting deeper and deeper in the will and the purpose and the plan of God until you finally find, your, find yourself in a place that Ezekiel did where he was completely consumed with the purpose, the plan for God in his life. Stand with me tonight.